1: All right, everybody welcome to this week's episode of the ash Holes, broadcast live from the serena royale stage at the studio 21 podcast cafe it's time to kick back and light up as we bring you the ash Holes, where we turn every wednesday into ash wednesday we're always entertaining generally unscripted and totally unfiltered you can stream and download us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes and Podbean, and of course at theasholes.net. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at theasholes and on Instagram at Radio. Oliver is still away, and today we have Stu in the producer's seat down off camera there. And today we are joined by very special guest, J.R. Dominguez of Iconic Leaf Cigar Company and Tabacalera Leyendas Cubanas. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being here, man. It's I great to have you on invite. the show. Yeah. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, first show. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you done many podcasts
2: before? Not podcasts. Um, I've been uh, Only. an invited guest for the Cigar Authority okay. Um, okay. radio show on every Saturday. Yep. Many times, but never on a podcast. Never on. Well, they're a podcast. Yeah, they are. They are podcasts. They are podcasts. Podcast. Oh, I stand correct. So there we are. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you're
3: an old pro already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're an old pro. Oh, that's awesome. I do have experience, you know? They that's didn't know fun. I had it. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. very welcome. Not, not a lot
3: of difference on this end from radio to podcast, though. I no, mean, that's true. true. From it's this end, on the receiving end, <laughs> it's different, but. Okay. Yeah. You know, mm.
2: so. But it it, it it moves on the same mechanics then. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of ways, yeah. 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 Okay, it's a very similar. It's, it's just better well, in, good, lo- in every good, way. Good to know. Good yeah, to know. like the difference between a horse and a mule, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the mule can't reproduce, though. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And, the ra- and radio's dying out, so <laughs> there you go. We're yeah,
3: the there's horse. There's a lot of parallels. There. Yeah. We're the horse people. <laughs>
1: Aaron, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. What's yeah. been up with you? Oh, uh, you know, I've been, it was my birthday this week. Oh, happy birthday, Aaron, man. Yeah, thank you. What are you now, four? Uh, yeah, four. No, yeah, 35. 35? <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow, man. Wow, I remember 35. Yeah. <laughs> that 20 was
3: years a long, ago, long years time, ago. time ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I've just been doing different kinds of celebrations throughout the week, you know. Yeah.
2: In my easy. country, we call that patronales. When you take a whole week and you just party, yeah, you know, they usually do it to celebrate some saint uh, uh, holiday or something like that, and take that excuse just to party every night. Yep,
3: yep. I know yeah. people that do the whole month. I'm not really doing the whole like stretching it out, like telling everybody, "Hey, it's my birthday week" or anything like that. <laughs> but I just, birthday. I have a lot of different groups of friends, and so I, <laughs> so I gotta, you have to spread out. Right? I got to spread gotta it, spread out. it that's out. Yeah, yeah that's good, man. Party here, party there. Yeah, and when I say party, it's like a few people getting together because that's that's my kind of scene. I'm not a big. Huge tons of people, kind of. That's right, club You're, kind of guy, you know, yeah, popping bottles. Yeah, I just yeah. I generally
1: don't like people. No. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron is Captain Introvert. I am a cap, Yeah, yeah a captain of all introverts. That's good. Yep. Awesome. So today we're smoking uh, a couple of cigars. We're going to smoke one each half of the show, and we're starting off with the um, Recluse uh, Amadeus Robusto. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about this cigar?
2: Sure, of course. Uh, well, this is the latest addition uh, that we've done uh, from Iconic Leaf onto the Recluse family. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, more specifically, is the Recluse Amadeus Abano Reserva. Okay. It has an Ecuadorian Habano top grade A wrapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a San Andreas Mexican Maduro binder, mm. and it has a concoction of Dominican long fillers grown in different regions of the country and a little touch of USA Pennsylvania broadleaf.
1: Okay. Oh, you know? Very nice. Uh,
2: in my opinion, uh, what it creates is a medium to full bodied cigar, full flavored though, mm-hmm. um, has a lot a lot of peppery notes due to the Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Mm-hmm. And it's just exceptional. It's one of those cigars that you can smoke one after the other
1: uh, without hurting either your your throat or your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> that Both should be a punchline right there. That should be a punchline. Right, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're preaching my language, man. Yeah. yeah. I was you telling Dan
3: it. before the show, it's like, this is a regular for me. It's, a, you know, it's in my humidor at all times. You're not yeah. stating that because I'm out. here, right? No. Oh, no it's, it's, just, it. <laughs> it's a go-to for me. So it's like, yeah,
1: I agree. It's, Thank it's you for putting anytime. diapers on my baby, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's Fantastic. So, you know, uh, as we to give us a little time to get into the cigar before yeah. we start talking about it. You know, um, tell us a little bit about the the history of Iconic Leaf. How did you get involved with that and you know what 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 are you doing right now with that?
2: Well, Iconic Leaf was created upon the upon me meeting a special person, unfortunately not here today, he couldn't make it. His name is Scott Weeks. He's mm-hmm. uh, very well Scott. known, yeah, very well known mm-hmm. in the in the industry. Mm-hmm. Scott was a independent manufacturer's representative for over 20 years, uh, and it was uh, a legacy that he inherited from his dad, mm. who did the same before him, mm-hmm. and his grandfather as well. So it's wow. safe to say that Scott um, was born and grown into the cigar industry. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of knowledge and a lot of history in it as well. And, um, you know, working as a rep, he, mm-hmm. he did the same over and over again. He took a brand... Made the brand uh, something big mm-hmm. and then the brand will follow its natural course of moving on from independent reps to in-house reps. So after a while, he got you know he got tired of that, and it was just about the time that we met, which mm-hmm. was about six years ago. okay. And he I had a a different perspective of what I wanted to pursue in the business as well. Um, so I wanted to create a brand that was strictly for brick and mortar. Uh, it was a brand of, of cigars and and an idea of blending where you can make a cigar that people could enjoy, flavorful cigar that they could enjoy, but it wouldn't put them, you know, down in the ground after smoking one. They could smoke one <laughs> after the other. And also uh, a budget-sensitive cigar, you know, mm-hmm. not something that you're going to have to go and go out of your way to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. that you can enjoy on a regular basis because it's not only – um, attractive to your palate and to your to your to your needs mm-hmm. as a cigar smoker, but also it's attractive to your wallet. And when we met and we talked about you know what his we got into talking about our, our lives and his. We met through a uh, very funny series of events, uh, which is unfortunately too long to explain here on the radio. <laughs> but it was a very interesting way of meeting and. From there, we just started talking, and, you know, one thing led to another. And a couple months later, we were out, uh, out in the market with uh, Recluse. Our first release was Recluse OTG. Mm-hmm. We went to the 2012 IPCPR in right. Orlando. That was our first show. And, you know, we're just uh, rocking it from there on.
1: Yeah, you've had a really big rocketing time for five years.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Uh, I do have to say that there's been a lot of hard work. Behind mm-hmm. that, we've been uh, pushing and pushing and, you know, trying, trying to come into this industry with a name that nobody knows and nobody mm. recognizes. It's really hard, uh, mm-hmm. especially when, when you have to remove the mantra or the, the way of thinking of people uh, thinking that a good cigar has to be an expensive cigar. Right, right, right. You know? So doing that has been really, uh, really tasking, but it's
1: paying off. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, now, my understanding is that um, uh, the Dominican really got hit pretty hard by Hurricane Irma, maybe some other hurricanes, I don't know, but I know that was one of the worst ones. Has, has that affected you guys at all down there?
2: In terms of shipping, it has. Okay. Um, Irma, there were actually two hurricanes that really affected us. Irma was not the most, the most damaging one. Really. Two, two weeks after Irma came Maria.
1: Maria, Maria yeah.
2: was a lower category, slower winds, but its eye cl- uh, passed closer to our coastlines. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: It actually touched land at some parts of the island. Um, thankfully, in both events, the factory remained unharmed. Excellent. Um, but on the second one, Irma really did a number on the north coast of the country, including places, famous places like Samana, uh, Nagua, Puerto Plata, um, really took a hit, uh, a big hit, but Maria was the one that damaged the most n- in terms of uh, the amount of water that it had. Okay, mm. because of the all the waters, still a week after the hurricane went by, we still had a lot of problems in mm. in the northern part of the island and the south, southeastern part of the island with a lot of floodings. Okay, and a lot of bridges were destroyed um, in Santiago itself. Two bridges, um, one. Partly collapsed, the other completely collapsed. Wow. Um, uh, one of those uh, was a very important one that communicates to two parts of the city. But like I said, you know, uh, even though all that happened, no lives were lost, uh, just a uh, few here and there. But no uh, no big penalty was taken okay. other than than some structures that got damaged and um uh, Thankfully, we're not in the the list of those structures.
1: That's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That Thank you. One of the first things I wanted to ask was how things were. Was everybody all right? Was it, you know, any of your crops or things? I know that's happened before to other companies, you know, where you've, you've lost entire... Thankfully, this crops. wasn't the case of this. Uh, like I did say, where it
2: really affected us was the shipping because mm-hmm. of Miami, the hurricane trajectory where it came through the coastline of the Dominican Republic and then it curved up, mm-hmm. kind of wading into the Pacific Ocean. Um, a lot of flights were either canceled delayed. Mm-hmm. So the airlines um, were all backed up. Right. So without being able to ship, in the case of... Of Irma, that was a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, harmful because that actually came into the United States through the Keys and went up through the whole Miami, through the whole Florid- Florid- Floridian territory, mm-hmm. and causing a lot of damage. Uh, um, in our case, our our warehouse and distribution depot in Miami was without power after the hurricane left. It was without power for almost a week. Yeah. You know yeah so that really put a dent on the uh, shipping uh, you know fulfilling and all that a little bit of a order mm. situation was created but but that can get caught up oh uh, yeah thankfully mm. we're we're out of the hole you know we got those shipments that were backed up uh, we got them out already so right. we're after this week I think we're gonna be back in the regular regular um, shipping uh,
1: schedule schedule yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's fantastic that's good um, one of the things that I read on your website that really interested me was that um, you say all the tobaccos that go into uh, the recluse cigars go through eight fermentation cycles. Yeah, and, that's you correct. Know, I've heard, you know, you know, we just yeah. had somebody on, uh, you know, last week who was talking about they did two or three, and I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then I read, eight? Yeah, eight fermentation why, why not seven? Why not seven? Can you explain to us, you know, you know to, the, to the audience, you know, might want to know exactly what that means and how that works. And then, okay. you know, how do you do eight? Okay, well, when, when we're talking about fermentation, what fermentation means for tobacco okay. itself
2: might mean something different in different aspects. But right. In tobacco, what it is, is simply ammonia release. Tobacco okay. has a lot of ammonia mm. naturally, and as it ages, it releases the ammonia. Right. There is a particular way of aging it, which is in tobacco beds, what we call trojas. Mm-hmm. Those trojas, they are set in a way, and they have thermometers into mm-hmm. them to measure the temperature. Once it reaches a certain temperature, you flip it. Each flip traditionally takes about three months. Okay. Most companies, what they do is they go through, through two to um, three cycles. Okay. Right? That's about six to nine months after they receive the tobacco from the farms. Okay. The reason we like to go the extra step and wait eight fermentation cycles, which is actually two years. Right. Two years of processing. is because this is a way that you can get the most out of the tobacco, the most flavor without the less harshness possible. Okay. Because you get the most ammonia out of the tobacco without losing the flavor. Mm. Okay. So that's the reason why we chose this fermentation method specifically is because this is what goes into what I explained earlier. It's creating flavorful cigars that you can smoke one after the other.
1: That's great. That's great. And, you know, you get to, you know, we all have had cigars where you get down to the, Mm-hmm. you know, the past, the final third, and you might start to get bitter, mm-hmm. you know, things yep. start to build. That's the ammonia in the leaf. That's the and ammonia. Feel in that the leaf, on yeah. your tongue. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So when you, when you age a cigar longer like that and, and are specific, specifically trying to get rid of the ammonia, you have a lot less of that effect exactly. in the cigar. Exactly. So the cigar is much more enjoyable for much a long period of time. Much more
2: enjoyable, but still you don't lose the flavor. If you right. let too much go, then yes, you will lose part of the flavor. Right, so the, you can you can age it too much, you're saying. You can age yeah. it too much, exactly. So are you doing this with all the tobacco, or is it certain? Every single certain tobacco things. that we use in all of our production that comes out of Leyendas Cubanas is at least fermented for eight fermentation cycles or two years. Okay. Some tobaccos, because they have a higher nicotine content and a higher ammonia content, we have to ferment for longer than that. But this is mm. the minimum requirement so at least. for any tobacco that we use. It's at least two years old.
1: Okay. That's fantastic. Hmm. I mean th- this cigar right now it's it's um very smooth and very rich and it's it's uh, got a great kind of peppery mm-hmm. retro to it. it it doesn't hang around though I've had no. cigars where you know you have that pe- it peppery linger. retro yeah. and you, you're feeling it for the next 5 minutes exactly. you know crying you know Yeah it doesn't have that pepper bite no, no. it doesn't have pepper bite It's just pepper yeah, just pepper It's a yeah.
2: subtle subtle note mm-hmm. you know it mm-hmm. it does go through your tongue in my mm-hmm. opinion at least for me it mm-hmm. goes through my tongue mm-hmm. But as soon as I let it go, it's gone. Right. So oh, it leaves a clean palate. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. The finish is not long at all, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a kind of a sweet finish to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sweet, yeah. Woody. sweet spice yep. wood, that, Yeah, that is due
2: to the San Andreas Mexican binder. Yes, which I love. I love yeah. San
1: Andreas tobacco. Yeah.
2: San Andreas, it's um, it has ver, it has similar, in my opinion, similar characteristics to Brazilian arapiracas. Mm-hmm. They're Very similar mm-hmm. tobaccos. Um, the seeds are also, I think, they come from the same strain. Okay. Uh, they've been, you know, they've been, um, they they've evolved since then. But originally, I think they come from the same uh, seed strain because they have very similar uh, characteristics. They they have a very sweet undertone, mm-hmm. sometimes like a little chocolatey, yep. depending on the, yep. um, how much and what proportion you use of it. Since we're only using it on the binder, that's why we only get the sweet su- sweet undertone. But if we were to include it in the filler as well, we would get more of that chocolate right. uh, flavor into it. Hmm. Yeah, I find that San Andreas tends to have a lot of earth. Earthy tall yeah.
3: I'm not a huge fan of the earth, and mm-hmm. so it's nice to have a but San co- Andreas that's not have that overwhelming It's complemented you know, by the
2: full flavor of the Cuban Sea tobaccos from the Dominican Republic.
1: Mm-hmm. No? Bal- well-balanced. Yeah, well-balanced. Yeah, it's a very well-balanced cigar. Yeah. Very, very nice. Medium-bodied. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm getting a little bit of coffee, getting a little bit of cocoa, the earth, like you were saying. And that sweet kind of woody finish. it Very, very good.
2: Glad oh, you like it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just blowing smoke. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. No pun intended? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, one of the things that, that you do with these cigars is you go through a special entubo uh, in rolling. Intubo rolling, in yeah. The, all right. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what made you decide to go with that versus the traditional folding of the tobacco leaves?
2: Okay. Okay. Um, well, two reasons. The first reason is um, because it's one of the methods that is less used because of how expensive it becomes at the time of the manufacturing. Mm, okay. We want to be different. We want to be known for being different. And one of those reasons is using a very difficult and very non-traditional tubing method, which is the original way of Cuban rolling. This is the the intubal rolling is the original way of Cuban rolling. The mm. other reason we decided to go with the Cuban with the intubal, is because the box press cigars they all tend to have a problem, and mm-hmm. it's an off and a hit and miss. Mm-hmm. But the draw seems to be a consistent problem in all box press cigars. Mm. Maybe there are a few brands out there in the market, uh, uh, particularly like Padron okay. cigars, yeah. that do not suffer from this. But there are a lot of that is a consistent problem in most mm. box press cigars in the market. Yeah. One way to counteract that is. With the entubado rolling. Okay. Because the entubado, what you do is you take each filler leaf and you roll it into an individual tube. And then you bunch that together. Mm-hmm. You create a safe pathway of the air from the foot to the top of the hmm. cigar. They're, therefore, counteracting the problem of box pressing the cigar and compromising the draw. Right, and that's as opposed to basically folding the leaves together. Folding correct? like an accordion, yeah. Mm. It's actually called accordion style folding. Mm. Okay.
3: You know. And you said it's more expensive, so I take it it takes more time. Or because is there the rollers, just a higher failure because rate?
2: the rollers. Not every roller can do it. That's the first thing. Yeah. Second thing is that they make they make less cigars because it's a more mm. labor intensive process. So you have you will produce less units every day. Mm-hmm. Plus you have to pay the rollers more mm. because first of all it uh, you require expertise yeah. to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Expertise worth, it's worth money. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. then, yeah, and the second thing is that they will produce less. So you have to compensate them so they make up oh, even yeah, more yeah. than they would be making maybe 30% more of any other cigar folding in a regular sense. accordion. Mm. That's why it costs more money. Mm. Mm. But what you get at the end, perfect draw you don't it's very very rarely do you have any rejects uh, mm. due to um bad, to bad draw, draw. plug yeah, yeah I've, I've Or bad construction with for yeah. that matter
1: now one of the things you said at the beginning was you wanted to make a, a great cigar great cigar experience and that was going to also be a great wallet experience exactly now how, now you this into both is the most is a more expensive way to do it how are you keeping the costs for the cigar so low while you do that? Well, because of
2: the process uh, that we have implemented in selecting the tobacco mm-hmm. and using the tobacco that is not necessarily the top primings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we buy the same tobacco that is uh, the more economical primings and we use those primings and process them so they have the same quality as a higher priming tobacco without paying for the high, top dollar. So to, the fermentation to, the, the fermentation. So you're, the you're cycle. fermentation is a key process right. into making that tobacco mm-hmm. the way a tobacco that would be worth four times more is
1: okay you know, all right that, that allows us to sense. keep
2: our costs down while creating a super quality product and that allows us to invest into into more professional craftsmanship mm-hmm.
1: to always have a perfect construction that's great that's awesome now that my next question is you know uh, why did you choose the box press versus a regular round cigar
2: I've always been a fan of box press box mm-hmm. press I um, um, I believe that's not public uh, knowledge that box press is not only to make the cigar look pretty and mm-hmm. having it not roll on when you put it set it on the table or something right. like that. Box press functionality is actually you're compressing the airspace and the cigar so you're forcing the cigar to burn slower and cooler. Mm-hmm. So when you have the same blend and you have it in regular round form and you have it in box press, it will it will uh, it tastes different. That. It will smoke different because you're forcing the cigar to smoke slower, mm-hmm. to, to burn slower and smoke a lot cooler. Mm. So I believe that these blends are, the blends that we came up with first and the blends that we keep on coming up are better enhanced by the box press. The box so
3: press. is there a difference between flavor for an accordion styled box press cigar and the... In
2: terms of flavor, no. The accordion and the into bow won't force it unless you have a cigar that is plugged. Yeah. Obviously, because it's plugged, you will have to force it more. The cigar will burn less. So, so therefore, the taste will be affected. On a, quality stand, the, on a quality standpoint, that's the only reason a cigar uh, uh, may taste different from rolling accordion to and to out. But mm-hmm. basically, the only difference, uh, you take out that particular uh, factor, the only difference is the quality in construction and okay. the
1: draw. You know? um, what do you think is your biggest accomplishment the date with the uh, Recluse cigars and iconic leaf.
2: Well, we've had um, many accomplishments, uh, but what are you the most
1: proud of? Maybe
2: the 2015 mm-hmm. nomination by yeah. Cigar Authority as yeah. Cigar of the Year cigar. with this particular cigar that mm. we're smoking right now, the Recluse Amadeo Sabana Reserva Robusto. Mm. It was given the 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 number one cigar of the year on the 2015 election, we we were up against a lot of very strong contenders, very yep. big names out there, mm-hmm. and that made me feel really proud that mm. the crowd actually... Picked us over those those big brands and and which I believe are really good cigars as well. Yeah. That's right. And
3: that vote that's consumer driven. Exactly. It is. It,
2: exactly right. It's consumer driven. So there was nothing that, that you know you could do to to yeah. really um, <laughs> can't grease the wheels. <laughs> exactly. No no grease in the wheels. that's the word I was looking for. No grease in the wheels. So the consumers chose and that actually made me feel very proud, you mm-hmm.
1: know, and the the the, the trophy. true. trophy. A, yeah. gosh, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> having the trophy, that's a great and group, having the yeah. trophy, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean this, the and the cigar authority is huge. Huge. The largest, you know, most downloaded cigar podcast on the planet. So that, for them to choose you and announce you as a Cigar of the Year. And again, as a, for the two or three of you who don't listen to the Cigar Authority out there, <laughs> yeah. um, it is, a con, it, you know, to, to have the consumers pick that yeah. out of five or six cigars is just a fantastic thing. That was really good, and that
2: made me feel really proud of all the work we've put into this product. And um, it just, you know, it, it gave me drive to keep mm. doing it.
1: Okay. that's great what's what's next for you guys?
2: Well, we got a lot of things down the road um we are currently um pushing other brands out as well um mm-hmm. and uh we have some new things for recluse as well down the down the line that are gonna come. I can't uh really tell you right yeah. now what they're yeah, gonna be but we got a lot of interesting no, no no not not, not a little that's, bit that's too bad that, not yeah. a li- not even a little biscuit, but <laughs> I can promise you there are, there are a lot of interesting things down the road uh for recluse and for other projects
1: that we have on the on the line. Okay. Uh, you know, and I, I like asking the um, uh, people in the industry this, you know, with all of this stuff that's going on with the FDA. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everything's kind of in this up in the air stage where everything's been put off. Yeah. but no decisions to either move forward or repeal stuff have been made. What's your mood? What What, what you know, how is that kind of affecting you and what you're doing, the creative process and and how much you're willing to put into new things, not knowing where things are going?
2: Unfortunately, you know, one part one part as, uh, as a manufacturer for me, um, other than working on blends, one of the funniest part of my job that I enjoy the most was uh, creating new presentations, artwork, mm. just brainstorming mm-hmm. on ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's been heavily hindered by the new FDA regulation. Where being able to get a new brand out on the market is going to be very, very difficult now. Right. Um, and there, there's going to be a lot of loopholes and things we're going to have to jump through right. to be able to mm-hmm. accomplish that mm-hmm. in the same manner that we did before. You know. So unfortunately, that's uh, for me, that's one of the biggest uh, biggest problems in the regulation. The regulation in itself it's very ambiguous yes. um, there is the, the biggest <laughs> problem with the regulation it's not what they're proposing to do or not what can be changed or can be changed is the uncertainty hmm. right the, the the fact that we don't know what will happen you know, and that really has us against the wall. We can't make a decision based on something that we don't know how it's going to affect uh, two months from now, three months from now, two years from now, five years from now, you know, as you mentioned. One of the biggest um, parts of the FDA was a substantial equivalence uh, submission. Mm-hmm. That has been put off until the year 2020, 2020 or 2021,
1: I believe. Yeah, one of those. One they of those. They keep pushing it back. <laughs> yeah, it was due yeah. in you know?
2: 2018, and they pushed it back three years, so it's two, tw- 2021. Mm-hmm. And the biggest problem that I find uh, with that is it's the uncertainty. It mm-hmm. it it was certainly good news because it gives us more, more time to think. But then again, it gives us more time to think about what? What exactly right. is going to happen? Hopefully, the FDA will see some light through this and uh, figure out that we're not uh, a product like they're trying to compare as other products are harmful for the public. Mm-hmm. This is a product that is enjoyed by adults. Right. And mm-hmm. this is a product that is uh, almost artistic, I want to say. yeah, You know, and... Uh, their approach to it is in my opinion not the right approach and that some things need to change in order to preserve the industry mm-hmm. and preserve its its beauty you know you know when
3: you're being pushed around it, it it doesn't make things necessarily better but it helps a little bit when you feel like the person that's pushing you around is competent yeah. but, And this <laughs> exactly. is there's no feeling of I mean, this person know they know what they're doing Oh, at least they have a reason behind it no it's like they're just grasping their way through this
2: to be honest dark um i don't think they have they they are as informed that they should be at to all. be able Not to proceed, all. what they're trying to proceed, I think that they need. They, my recommendation would be, if I had them right in front of me, would be for them to step back and figure out what it is that you want to do, because yeah. that I think that is the biggest problem. I think do your they, research. Don't, they don't do have the an studies. idea what they're yeah. going to do. Yeah, you know, and since they don't know what they're going to do, we have no clue of how they're going to proceed.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And they were really overwhelmed by how much work they were creating for themselves, oh, yes. right? They I mean, got, yes. And that's one of the reasons that they put yes. all this stuff off.
3: I mean, they, they undershot their number of SKUs that they expected to be put out by like tens of thousands. Well, <laughs> uh, so at like, the beginning of the year
2: well, was one of the big submissions uh, was due, which was product listing, and their servers crashed. The yeah, because they crashed. had no idea, they the thought it would be crashed. like. <laughs> 50, 50 they have 000, to put it off three months. Used. That was the first pushback that they had to do was a product listing, okay. and then immediately after that ingredient listing, they had to push it back three months, and then keep pushing it after that because the, they don't have the capacity to process that much information.
1: Yeah. And that's only cigars. That's only cigars. They have, they have no idea we're what talking They're talking about pipe yeah. tobacco,
2: roll your own, e-cigarettes, and everything else are trying to get under their scope. Right. This is only cigars. Handmade cigars. When you get into that, into that particular subject, we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of SKUs, which is more than, in my opinion, what they need to handle. They should also review the way, the the nature in which the submissions are made, right. because they're made based on SKU. And that, the reason they did that is because in the cigarette industry, it's very easy. You only have three sizes. Mm-hmm. But in the cigar <laughs> industry, you have brands that have over 10 sizes. Yeah. So in four different wrappers, that's 40 SKUs. <laughs> Plus, if you send it, sell it as a single as well, then you have 80 SKUs. Yeah. You have to oh, file as a SKU for a box and as a SKU for a single.
1: And if you have a four-count box or something like that, it's you know, exponential. it's just That's only one
2: brand with 10 sizes and four wrappers. How many of those do you have in the store right down there? Oh, my gosh. Somebody. Countless, yeah, right? Yeah. Countless millions. <laughs> so imagine that multiplied by I don't know how many manufacturers in the whole world uh, that are selling their products in the United States and are going through the regulation process. It's going to be overwhelming, definitely overwhelming for us, but it's going to be more overwhelming for them.
3: Which is why it's getting cut out of the budget, hopefully. <laughs> because it's like they didn't realize how much they'd be spending on all this. Mm.
2: I don't think they have the manpower, to be they honest don't. with you, to be able to regulate us. Um, they have to take a serious step back and, yeah. and figure it out. I,
3: I think they, they would have to get not just the budget that they were supposed to get, but they would have to increase that. So I don't think they'll ever get
2: they need They need 20 times the manpower they have right now just yeah. to be able to grasp this situation. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yep. Um, Aaron, what, what do you, you've smoked this cigar a lot mm-hmm. and this isn't your regular, what are you, what are you tasting right now?
3: Right now I'm at the, uh, wood and spice stage. I guess you can say. <laughs> the wood and spice. That's a and nice wood. transition. Yeah. Yeah. It transitions really well. So it's, uh, pepper's kind of there, but backing mm-hmm. down a little bit. Yep. So you're really concentrating on that, that woody, um, couldn't name the wood not going to go there, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, between oak and pine. That's oh, all okay. I can between think Between oak and pine. I was more into mahogany and cedar. No,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it,
3: exactly. It's a dark wood. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't call it a cedar. It's, but
1: it's, it's not poplar. It's not, not poplar. It's balsa. It's balsam. Apple it's balsam. No, yeah. it's not.
3: Balsam. No. Yeah, no. So oh, it, that would yeah, be it's, it's, it's a wood note. It's a nice spice in there.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it, guys. It's very, very good. All right, we're going to be going right to a break right now, and coming up after the break, we're going to announce the Ash Hole of the Week and give our final thoughts on the Recluse uh, Amadeus Robusto. Does it make the TAH cut? You'll find (laughs) out in just a few minutes. We'll be right back.
4: In a time where humidor Visit serenocigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available at twoguyscigars.com.
5: It was 2010 on my 50th birthday. Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. It was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars.
6: The Laggiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's Laggiana Havana. Oh yeah. In a world. Where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the Natural. The Natural is no lightweight, it boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in your face flavor, United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for
5: what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh,
6: that may be wrong. Well, I'm
5: going with it anyway. Action
6: adventure and bromance that's right bromance united cigar available in natural or maduro available only at appointed united cigar retailer shops nationwide rated d for delicious under 18 not admitted even with a parent united cigars you don't have to choose smoke them both
7: in 1848 in honor of the english poet lord byron a cigar brand named byron was first created Through three centuries Byron has gone through many hands, but today it is back with the family that first created them. Returning to the early days, now the brand in a very limited quantity is produced in a small factory in Costa Rica. Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron, Siglo 19, Siglo 20 and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year. Then, and only then, into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humid tubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron.
1: Welcome back to the Assholes. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean—virtually anywhere you can download a podcast, we're there. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We're joined by J.R. Dominguez, and we're going to give right now our final thoughts. Our final thoughts on the Recluse Amadeus Robusto. Uh, and that would be a cue for you to give your final thoughts. Well, I would if you wouldn't <laughs> cut me off.
3: So I'm going to sit in silence just in protest. It. No. <laughs> uh, obviously, I mean, big thumbs up here because it, mm. it is a go-to for me. It's oh gosh, I just crushed a cigar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you fluster me. No, um, yeah, it's a go-to. I, it's always in my humidor. It's you know a regular smoke for me. Uh, I, I crave it sometimes. So really? it's, yeah, it's it's one of those flavors that I'm just like. I want
1: the recluse Amadeus right now. What about what so. about this cigar makes you like it so much? It's, you know, it's right in my
3: wheelhouse. You know, it's that medium, you know, the full body, the the mm-hmm. spice, the wood. It just hits me just in that right spot.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. It, it gets a big thumbs up from Pastor Padron, too. This has really oh, been you. a great cigar. It's been—the flavors have been complex and nuanced and changing. Now it's—I'm getting— uh, kind of an espresso kind of taste, you know. And, right at uh, the last quarter. Right at the last quarter, it, yeah. it changes into a, the sweetness has gone away and it's mm-hmm. more of that coffee and, and cocoa's turned more into an espresso kind of a thing. It's still very earthy and mm-hmm. that very woody finish. But again, it's not a very long finish at no. all. Your palate kind of cleans out. It still out, leaves like you with saying. a clean
2: palate all the way to the end.
1: Very, very nice. So big thumbs up for this. Thank uh, you Definitely very much. recommend it. I'm glad you make this. Thank you. This I is appreciate awesome. it. Very very awesome. So we're going to do a second cigar. Yes. We're going to do a Jose Dominguez Maduro Robusto, mm-hmm. and um, I have never had one of these before. So this is going to be my first time. First so tell time? tell me okay. a little bit about this cigar.
2: Well, this cigar um, it's been uh, kind of like in the low
1: low part of the market.
2: Or not low part, let me say it uh right it's been a little bit hidden from the market for a long time. It was okay. a homage I did for my dad mm. about uh six years ago mm-hmm. uh, my dad uh name is also Jose Dominguez you know uh, most actually most people in the industry because uh because of uh it was creating confusion, so most people started talking at uh, calling me j r Dominguez, and that's what I usually go for and this cigar is a homage to my dad okay um It has a San Andrean wrapper on it, Mm -hmm. Um, Indonesian binder, Indonesian Sumatran binder, and a mixture of
1: Dominican fillers and Nicaraguan fillers as well. Very nice off the bat. As I said before, I love San Andreas. Um, It was in the the, uh, binder of the... uh, Recluse. Yeah. This time it's the wrapper. It's the wrapper, yeah. Okay. So
2: you will get, because it's a direct contact with your lips, mm-hmm. you will get a lot of more of the sweetness flavor out of it, but still a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, um, going with my blending methods, uh, still medium to full-bodied, in mm-hmm. my opinion, maybe mm-hmm. like a six in a scale of one to 10. Yep. Uh, but very flavorful. Yeah, this has a mm-hmm. burst of pepper on the palate. Mm-hmm. That's mostly from the Nicaraguan tobaccos. Right. Well,
1: what are you getting there, Aaron?
2: Hmm. Well,
1: uh,
3: lighter flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, it, oh, we're passing around the lighter here. It <laughs> was all still lighting up. Um, I actually, because of my clumsy hands, I crushed the end of it. So we're going to see how this holds up at the beginning. Uh, totally on me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a uh, much, and I don't want to say lighter as in like less flavor, but it's a lighter, um, you know, the difference between lemon and chocolate. You know, it's more, more
1: of a,
2: More sweet notes. Definitely Uh, a
1: a much sweeter um, profile, if you ask me. Yeah, and there is a little bit of like a a citrusy kind of a lemon zest with this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Am I not? uh, Is anybody else tasting that too? No, no. Yeah, we're in the same page on this one. Okay. Very good. Yeah, the burn is great on this too. Look at that. It's got this razor-thin burn line. Nice white ash. It's very firm. Um, It's a so far smoke the construction on this is great the Mm -hmm. the draw is fantastic and this is a very another budget-friendly cigar yes it is
2: yeah like i said one of the, the one of the most important things um other than than blending cigars that are can be enjoyed by the mm-hmm. majority of people, and that are you know not not powerhouses that can knock you out after the first round, mm-hmm. it's blending cigars so they can be attractive to anybody right. with a budget, you know. Right. And this is you know uh, the Jose Dominguez is still keeping to the same to the same mantra to the same way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Lemon pepper. No. lemon pepper, lemon pepper, lemon pepper. Yep, yeah. that's that's, <laughs> that's what I'm nice seasoning for a steak. That's a nice. Yes, this would go. <laughs> this cigar would go great with a steak or a burger or something like that. Makes you want beef. Personally, I like it with coffee. Yeah, yeah this. Yeah, dark coffee. Yep, with, with some San sugar Andreas in it. always goes good yeah. with coffee. Yeah, we happen to have coffee right here. Mm-hmm. Very the good. nitro brew, coffee. little nitro cold brew. That was here was the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. That was a first for me this morning. Mm-hmm. That was oh, a very
2: yeah. interesting. I mentioned it was like a uh, like a dark beer with coffee in it and no alcohol. Yeah, that's actually what yeah. it, what it tasted to me. Yeah. Like, it very comes it comes out like looking a stoic, like a stout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 like settled, a Guinness. It, it looks like a Guinness. Yeah, it has a little yeah. head. <laughs> when I had it at, 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 at ten o'clock in the morning here at the twenty-one Studio Twenty-One Podcast Cafe, um, I was uh, actually thinking that we're pouring a. Uh, uh, a pint of beer for me in the morning. I said, whoa, <laughs> this is very German of you. All right, let's, go, let's let's try beer at 10 o'clock in the morning, right? It's yes. 5 o'clock somewhere.
1: I love that European lifestyle.
3: It's <laughs> so very, you, very I'm, good. I'm
1: picking up a little salt and mm-hmm. some earth. Salt and earth salt for you? Salt and earth in there, yeah. Okay. Um, as we dig into this, uh, let me go into the ash hole of the week. Okay. Okay uh and i'll give you a little bit of background about this carter g woodson elementary school wherever he is in jacksonville florida <laughs> uh was trying to save money to cut back on waste to maybe save their janitor some time by removing the toilet paper from their bathroom stalls. Oh this is God. an elementary school. Yeah, because okay? that's
3: what kids need is less motivation to wipe. Well, right. Oh my right. God. So
1: instead, <laughs> you know, it, it, instead of having the toilet paper in the stalls, they would have teachers there outside the restrooms who would hand the students pre cut amounts of toilet paper to help them go as they went in. Seriously? Yes and apparently parents parents kids were coming home and they were so stressed about not having toilet paper that this was causing problems and so they they called the parents called uh the local tv news station action action news jacks action news jackson okay and had them (laughs) and do an investigative story (laughs) a half an hour after that aired There was toilet paper in the restrooms again. Well, I would hope so. Of course. All right. Now, according to their report, uh, they interviewed one mother, uh, Shantia Peterson, who said it was not only embarrassing, but also worried about whether it was sanitary. She said, quote, you can't just have it going from hand to hand. Peterson said that she was sending her fourth grade daughter to school with a toilet paper roll in a Ziploc bag in her pouch so that she'd have enough toilet paper (laughs) and nobody else would have touched it, you know. And this is really this this quote really gets me. She again, Peterson said, I did speak with a teacher about it as well. And I asked, what if they run out of toilet paper? And the teacher said, well, we have a student in the bathroom who can give them extra. To which she said, a student? Yeah. <laughs> a student? Is that, How it, many it, hands are touching <laughs> this toilet paper before it gets to my kid?" So is that the stall, right. the stall monitor? Oh, my, you the stall little, monitor. little oh, my of, uh, gosh. two-ply? Now, I feel the, the question is, you know, is this a reward for the student to be the extra toilet paper carrier? Or is it a punishment? I'm not sure. I know. I it's, know. Well,
3: you, know? You, you don't want to be their friend. All That's the right. Right. <laughs> yeah, All the, you're not going to want to piss need, up that as an oh interview. that just opens up uh, here's oh. some sandpaper <laughs>
2: <laughs> but all the while all I'm thinking is what happens to the kid that actually has some Mexican food the day before yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly yeah. the Taco Bell uh, oh ta- it's that over <laughs> ain't gonna be
2: enough no, I need the extra large no God, you, know, you know you have one of those days where it's, it's starting from
1: the morning I mean, yeah. what are you I mean, gonna are you gonna, gonna start charging Do for they,
2: toilet paper no or they actually have like a tab and they keep a tab and maybe they you know when you hit the, <laughs> the top you, you hit the, the limit you're cut off you're done
1: you're done you're you're wasting, you're wasting yeah. that I have paper should have been enough. Can I have another sheet? Well, you're tapped out, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, they yeah. must have a
3: really tight budget if they oh, can't squeeze out some toilet paper for kids.
1: Well, for trying to save money and cut back on waste by removing toilet paper from the restrooms, I nominate the Carter G. Woodson Elementary School as the ash hole of the week.
3: There's no argument there. No, no, no. yeah, that's absolutely no. Yes. Definitely not. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've, I mean,
1: I've never heard of anything like. Of that all the before. things they can cut back on, they
2: can they decide to cut yeah. back on toilet paper. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah exactly. Isn't that one of the things you just never want? You know, I, my my own personal thing is you always put money into good toilet paper, good toilet paper, and good coffee. That's, you have to have both yeah. of have have those. Everything else can be cut back. Which That's I've never seen
3: a school that gives good toilet paper. Right? No. I mean, anything public, no. it's going to be the cheapest <laughs> of the cheap. So it's like saving a few pennies
1: on a few squares. Almost pennies, like sandpaper, like, right? <laughs> yeah. It's probably. Recycling. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is just insane. ridiculous.
3: Ridiculous. For, for grade, two, it's not even like high school where the kids can like oh plan it out
1: or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like grade school, right? Elementary school, worse. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, gosh. So, Aaron, what are you picking up on uh the Jose Dominguez right mm. now
3: as I draw Mm-hmm. uh so still getting a little bit of that salt, that wood um, very nice, you know great construction so far even though i like I smashed the end of it um, uh-huh. it's not falling apart on me. the burn evened out really well uh so solid right there
1: yeah yeah i i'm I'm picking up that salt too again that that yeah. kind of lemon pepper is continuing mm-hmm. on it's very rich. Uh, and maybe it, it was just because of what you said, JR, but now I'm craving beef. not yeah. I'm tasting beef. I want beef. I want, you don't think I put that image in there in, the, in your I'm head? I'm not sure, but this, this cigar would go fantastic with a, bur- <laughs> yeah. with a good burger, with a good barbecue burger. Definitely, or so that,
2: definitely will, yeah.
1: What do you pick up off the cigar? What are your well, impressions? Well,
2: definitely the salty notes, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, a lot of uh, earthy undertones, in mm-hmm. my opinion. There's that. Uh, Peppery, uh, that is very characteristic of Nicaraguan uh, tobacco. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, it it is part of the blend of the Jose Dominguez Maduro. Um, We use a good amount of Nicaraguan tobacco from one of the top growers in Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, uh, the one that we're using is Criollo seed growing in Esteli. Mm. So very flavorful, very peppery, very traditional uh, Nicaraguan taste. If you ask me, that's one of the tones that I'm getting in the first mm-hmm. quarter, in the first uh, third.
1: Now, you don't do the Intubo rolling with this. You do this? Yes, t- we do You as do? Well. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes, we do as well. Uh, intubo rolling, same uh, standards of quality. Remember that I'm trying to make that everything that comes out of the factory has a standard. Mm-hmm. And okay. And that everybody knows when they see the name. Uh, they see the name Jose Dominguez or say they see the name Recluse, what they're getting into, and anything that's related to them, what they're getting into. So we've made it a, a standard. We've made it something that always has to be done, okay. which is the quality of construction and the quality of fermentation that we put into the tobacco,
1: into mm-hmm. our, 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 uh, our um, materials. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. <clears throat> now, what other um, lines are associated with this particular brand? Right now, we're doing uh, Jose Dominguez and Recluse.
2: Also, we have, uh, I have uh, come into another partnership with another uh, well-known guy in the industry. He has a brand called Pure Soul Cigars, mm-hmm. uh, currently being made in uh, Honduras. And uh, it, through the partnership with him, we're creating other brands. Uh, there's uh, actually one that we are um, going to release very soon, probably before December, that's going to be called the King's Treasure. The King's Treasure. Yes, sir. And it's going to be a very interesting concept, a little bit um, still a budget, mm-hmm. uh, budget-sensitive cigar. Uh, but it's going to have a lot to offer. Our first release will be in a Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to have a very interesting, very very complicated blend, four tobacco blend in it, mostly Dominican tobaccos. Okay. One of those uh, is going to be a completely organic-grown tobacco mm-hmm. grown in the Valley of Santiago. Uh and uh, I just think it's going to be something that's going to be considered a home ground in the industry. Mm. Okay. Oh, I'll look forward to that. Yeah.
3: Yep. Now you say is it what kind of medium bodied or
2: this is going to be medium to full bodied that is very peculiar for a Connecticut yeah, cigar. Gonna it's going to have a lot of flavor still uh, uh uh still staying true to our to our mantra of creating flavorful yet smokable cigars.
1: Mm. You know sounds good all right well again to give us a little bit more time to get through this we're you know smoking two cigars we (laughs) got we got to give ourselves some time to smoke (laughs) so we're going to go right to a miles with styles here now miles with styles for those of you who don't know uh, is by michelle Styles. she's one of our regular listeners she's been listening pretty much since the beginning and uh, she's a professional surfer and model And um, great friend of uh, the Ash Holes. And she's currently traveling all over the world for uh, surfing and and a little bit of modeling as she goes. And she's sharing her experiences and suggestions from her travels around the world. Last week she was in Morocco and Spain. And now she's landed in Peru and going to be doing a surfing competition there. And so let's see what she has to say for us this week.
0: Aloha. I had a wonderful time in Valencia, Spain, and I highly recommend it to anyone. The country and the Spanish people are incredibly warm and inviting. Like any place you travel, be careful and alert, though I saw no signs of trouble anywhere I went in Valencia. This week I'm in Peru for 10 days, and I can already say I'm loving these consistent, long and near perfect waves. I'm also loving the food and the people. Despite Peru being very poor, the people are extremely happy and friendly. Chicama has very moderate weather and a tempered climate. It's away from the major cities and people certainly move at a more relaxed pace. Breakfast doesn't start until 8am. Even the beach was empty at 6am when I went for my morning run. Many of the roads here are dirt roads. Some telephones are still rotary, though it does have 3G phone service. This resort is not a 5-star first world resort, but what it lacks in spit and polish, it more than makes up for in charm and beauty. While most resorts rely so heavily on all the amenities, the Shikama Surf Resort relies on the quality of its people, and so far it hasn't disappointed. Oh, and guys, it's Cigar Friendly here! This has been Miles with Styles, and you're listening to The (laughs) Ashholes on the United Podcast Network.
3: All right, Michelle, I saw the hashtag. I do like women, but I don't like fun. So,
2: (laughs) what is that supposed to
3: mean? Yeah, she she thinks I have a vendetta
1: against her or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, I know today she's uh, going to visit a couple of smoke shops. We're going to hear about them next week. Um, I'm actually very excited to hear about Smoke shops in Peru. Smoke shops in Peru. That's interesting. Yeah, she's been uh, finding people smoking cigars all over the place, I guess, there. Peru Mm -hmm.
2: has a very interesting, despite being, you know, uh, uh, what she called a... um, still a, like a very not technologically advanced country. Mm-hmm. Peru has a very, very deep culinary uh, culture. Mm. You know, uh, ceviche, for those uh, that love uh, seafood, ceviche mm. was actually invented in Peru. Oh, wow. Um, and they're very big on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the fact that breakfast is not served until eight. Yeah. That's a big problem for Michelle. She eats like four or five people. Oh my God! You know. Well, if she's she currently eats she's well, no, she's terrible. <laughs> she eats the amount Man. that for now I people see why she eat. travels from place to place. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving it starts to add up. <laughs> She'll be convicted <laughs> for life if she stays too long in one Cannibal, place, right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, because of you know all the the activity that she does, she she has to eat something like five, six thousand calories a day just to maintain wow. her weight.
2: That's kind of like a Dwayne Johnson diet. He (laughs) has to consume about 6,000 calories every day just to keep up with all the workout that he does. Yeah, yeah, it's very – got the female – Michelle is then the female uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson then, right? Yeah, she's –
1: Pretty buff and built, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the surfer, you, you have to be, I guess. You know? Oh yeah, can you imagine? I never surfed before, but no. I assume it's a very uh, uh, physical, demanding of the sport. I would imagine so. Yeah, to stand on a board. My mm-hmm. my body was not made to do any of that balancing stuff. <laughs> you know, ski uh, You know. Oh but, no, I couldn't even skateboard when I was a kid. No, you know? no skate. You know, if I had the the, the the skates with the the four wheels on them, I had some hope. But this, you know, inline skating. no 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 no. you know rollerblades i was actually really good at uh but then when you put me on a skateboard or something like that i just oh yeah yeah i remember the first time i got taken skiing and never been skiing before and the guy you know really want he was one of these guys who felt like you know you just jump in dive in Mm -hmm. so he took me up a black diamond thing first time down and i ended up falling down that hill faster than people were skiing. <laughs> I got on my butt, took the skis, and just slid down the hill. Didn't just, you break some sort of record? Uh, it was amazing. I, I was. I was passing people, falling down the hill. It was, I, I was so mortified. I just ended up spending the rest of the day in the lodge drinking hot chocolate, and I was like, I am never, ever. So the most again.
2: surprising thing about that event is that you came out unharmed out of it, right? Yeah,
1: I came out unharmed. And that, that was, that, thank you, Lord, (laughs) that I came out unarmed with that. But that water skiing, surfing, I'm sure that, you know, watching her, you know, that would be fantastic, but that's what I will do. Just watch. Just watch. Not going to be shark bait. No, not going to be shark bait. Not for me. Okay. So, um. Final thoughts, Aaron, on this uh, cigar here.
3: Uh, I mean, I'm going to give it a thumbs up for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, obviously, we're not too far into it; having only been smoking it for like 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, with that citrus, that kind of lemon zest uh, flavor, the the little bit of pepper, the wood—you know—it's got some nice complexity
2: to it. So
1: it does, and for what? Around five bucks for this cigar?
2: Uh, That's about that's about right. Five to six dollars, depending on the size. Absolutely. Definitely yep. a thumbs up. Yeah,
1: big thumbs up for that. Big thumbs up from, from myself as well. The burn on this has been amazing. And, you know, like I said, this was my first one. And to be looking at that, you know, it hasn't need touched up. Mm-hmm. The, the burn, the construction, the draw has been great. The flavor has been very deep. It's been very rich. And, you know, a, a very complex and surprising for that price point. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, just a testament, I guess, to the, the success of your uh Octagonistic <laughs> fermentation, <laughs> fermentation That's a good process, way to call it. Octagonistic
2: <laughs> uh, fermentation process right there. Octoferm. The, <laughs> Octofermentated. It's
1: like the Octomom. But, the, but, uh, but, but that is actually,
2: it, that but, is actually a very good idea. Uh, there you go. I'm going to use it from now
1: on. <laughs> the octafermentation. The octafermentation. So big thumbs up for this. This has been a very Thank enjoyable Thank you very cigar. much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. So thanks for, be- thanks for being on the show and everything. Thank you for having
2: me, guys. Yeah. It was a pleasure. I hope uh, I can be part of it again for many no, years. No, we'd love ago. to have you back.
1: We'd love, you. love to have you Thank back. Thank you. Um, next week, we're going to be taking a Jamaican turn.
3: Okay, We're going to be down. taking a
1: Jamaican turn. We're going to be joined by Rick Ardito from Foundation Cigars, and we are going to be lighting up one of his Upsetters. Upsetters. The Upsetter Cigars, Whoa. which, you know, is, is, a, uh, fl- is a, a flavored. Uh, in- a flavored cigar. Yeah. It's an infused Infusion. cigar, and, you know, uh, having talked with him a little bit, it's a very traditional way of doing it. Uh, from the native Jamaican mm-hmm. Indians. So I'm, I'm very interested this to hear about that process. And so
3: I talked last week about my experience with trying to try and get back into a flavored cigar, and it's not going well, so <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm optimistic because yeah. I know Foundation and they're great cigars. Yes, they
1: so. are, and, and Rick is a real interesting guy, and, yeah. and he's going to be a great interview. I think. Should be good. All right.
0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience well, at the Studio Podcast <laughs> Cafe. <laughs> This is the United Podcast Network. I'll just let that run out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You have been listening to the Ashles Unfiltered Cigar Radio, broadcasting live from the Sereno Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You can download this and any other episodes you may have missed on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ashles and on Instagram at Radio. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.